Well, hello and welcome to episode number 365 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's show, Airbus retires its first Beluga. One airline provides its toilet users with handless doors and a man is caught taking rather a lot of young birds through JFK. In the military this week, we find a lot about a sea fury crash and Nev brings us an awesome Spitfire video. So joining me this week, as always, across the village in the PTUK Master Studio is, of course, Matt Smith. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello. Good, e- good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. It's another day gone, isn't it? Uh, how are we all? <laughs> good, good. So, Matt, you've had a, you've had a busy time fitting new tech in the PTUK studios, haven't you? This- yes, yeah. Well, I'll let you know how successful it is by the end of the show. <laughs> good. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll stay on air. But anyway, oh. <laughs> making sure we do stay on air and keeping an eye on the times is, of course, the legend that is Neville Bounds. Yes, hello. Hope everybody's well. Another good day today. It's Friday. That's the main thing. Uh, so, yes, looking forward to a great show tonight. Took Mrs Nev down to the uh, local uh, vaccination clinic for her second jab. So uh, much excitement there. And uh, yeah, so all good. Thank you very much. Good. Glad to have you on board this week, as always, Nev. But this week we are missing Armando, unfortunately, as you could probably guess. Uh, he's off for a few weeks because he's doing lots of training. And uh, those of you who do follow him on social media would know that he's had a very busy week indeed with uh, aviation but uh, I'm sure he'll tell us all about that when he comes back in a few weeks time guys but uh, we have got two guests joining us on the show this week and uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back onto the show he's not been on for ages and we have bloody missed him I tell you it is the absolute Airbus legend that is Captain Al a very good evening everyone so no Amando no military fantastic Oh, he's so hopeful. <laughs> almost planned. <laughs> oh, that, that, it, it was almost planned. It, it, almost there's only planned. two. Does that does that help? <laughs> two? That's two too many. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, challenge accepted. Well, if we overrun massively, who knows what might happen? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> and also joining us this week is, uh, well, it is... The head of the Plane Safety Podcast. It's the aficionado of all things lemon. It's Pilot Pip. Mm, lemony. Yeah, hi, good evening. Thanks for the invite. Very nice to be here. How is everyone? Oh, good. It's good yeah. to have you uh, on, Pip. I'm, I'm guessing you're still very busy uh, with your flying. Well, I wouldn't say very busy, but um, I'm not complaining. Busy enough. So, 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 so obviously, because now uh, regular listeners to the fabulous podcast that is the Plane Safety Podcast will be fully aware that Al is on. The, does, does this technically make you Al's boss? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes Al my. No, I think you'll bleep me if I say that word. Yeah. <laughs> but it begins with a B. Biatch. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I said it better myself. Well, there we are. And uh, how do we feel about that then, Al? <laughs> Where would you like the bags delivered to? Right. <laughs> I feel quite good about it. Shoes outside the door tonight. I'll have them polished for you in the morning. Oh, lovely. Oh, good. Oh, he's, 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 he's an excellent servant by the sound of it. <laughs> well, what newspaper would Sir like tomorrow? Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, let's not get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't publicise that newspaper anymore. They stopped that a few years ago. Oh, what, what, anyway, the, the Today newspaper. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the, the, the news of the day. Yes. News of the day, right. So, okay. Anyway, yeah, sorry, we're yeah. slightly off topic, anyway. shall we? Uh... <laughs> uh, yes, <yeah>, so, uh, <laughs> right. So we're going to do uh, first off this week with our social media. Those of you who follow us on Facebook will know that each week uh, I put a little pop 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 a little picture up well, on Facebook. On social media. This is I going know, really I, well. <laughs> I, I, I've missed these little gems over the last few weeks. <laughs> I, but do we have little... to guess what you had for dinner the previous <laughs> night? Yes, is that yes, the idea? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We, you already know what I had for dinner this evening anyway. <clears throat> but um, uh, yes, I pop a little picture up onto our Facebook page each week and uh, ask for you guys and girls to get, leave us humorous captions on said picture so we have uh, had quite a good uh, amount of feedback this week on the if picture i've known about this little game oh well you're and, about to see the uh, picture al so you you, you can play along okay. as well at home for those, we you, uh, for those of you watching <laughs> watching the picture or watching the picture watching the show you'll see the picture are you there. all right colour so you sure it was just baked beans you had it's just it's this strawberry lager that i'm drinking Easy. anyway right, okay. uh, for those of you listening to the audio podcast this is the uh, well it is the cabin of a Single aisle seven three seven was it? I think yeah, possibly yeah. I think yeah. Oh, it was a oh, seven, seven five. Oh, seven five. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Sorry, uh, John's Tom. just told us in our ear. Yeah. <laughs> and in and inside the cabin is um, rather a large amount of. I mean, the seven air, five seven is just like a seven three seven, but just worse, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's difficult to, to think that something could be worse than a seven three seven. But there you go. You've got seven, well, you know, I mean, I still maintain one tried to kill me, so you know, it's just. <laughs> So the captions we've had this week, I'll kick us off and we're going to, all have, we're going to take one each. So this one is from David, who says, another issue with the 737 MAX, I see faulty airbags. Right, okay. Andrew said, uh, life raft inflation, test required, uh, test carried out, life raft inflates, uh, status, uh, oh, next Jay, job? Satis, satis, satis. Oh, oh, is it right? Sorry, okay. Yeah. It's never a good sign when you have to explain the joke, is it? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll sit out the rest, shall I? Nev. <laughs> Uh, Sid says we've had an increase in cabin pressure. <laughs> I like that one. That's quite good. <laughs> Al, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, this one's from Ian. No, Nev, that's not the seat recline. Oh, <laughs> he's a bit I... cheeky. He's one of my uh, uh, industry colleagues that I'm. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Pip, do you want the next one? From Alan? Yeah, sorry, juggling too many things. Uh, oh. Alan, while he was furloughed, the pilot set up his own bouncy castle business. <laughs> he has vowed never to bring one into work to show his colleagues again. <laughs> Quite uh, this, <laughs> this one comes to us from John, who says, uh, Captain, we have a small write-up when we arrive. True, true indeed. Steve uh, is saying that BA's new business class lie flat offering. Nev's looking forward to trying it out. I mean, that does look comfortable. <laughs> and Nev, Not for the uh, person in row one, it doesn't. No, no, true. Uh, no, quite. <laughs> and uh, Ian says, help, I'm under here. Right, yes, indeed. <laughs> Al, do you want to take Bob's one? Uh, Bob's... Um, now, where was that woman with the stiletto sitting? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's one way of solving the issue, I suppose. <laughs> Pip. Pip. Yeah. This one, it may need a bit of translating, I think. Uh, Stuart says, too much cheese whiz on the in-flight sandwiches this morning. I believe cheese whiz is some horrible American squirty cheese. Oh. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, never had the pleasure. Sorry, Americans. 
Dari. It's quite uh, revolting. Dari oh, is it rhyming slang? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, whiz is a whole different thing over here. But anyway, Dari says, Sully, this should give us more buoyancy in the event of a water landing. Ooh, I don't, is that it too soon? I don't... <laughs> and we're going Italian job with the next one, Matt. Okay, yes, it's uh, Jean-Luc. No, or is it? Jean Luc said, "I said only blow the bloody doors off." Is is, <laughs> is that your best, Michael Caine, Matt? Come on, oh. yeah, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> um, I said, only blow the bloody doors off. Hey, that 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 okay? Yeah, will that, will that do? Possible. Thank you. Glenn says, uh, "My last day before being made redundant from the airline." Right, uh, redundant or fired? <laughs> and uh, Al, do you want to take the last one from William? Uh, yes, that seven three seven intestinal surgery didn't go well. <laughs> nurse, nurse, it's happening again. Oh dear. Right. Well, that was um, that was uh, frightening. Well, thank you to everyone who's commented on that this week. Uh, we're obviously going to pop another one up next week. Round about Wednesday, we normally pop one up on Facebook, so keep your eyes on there, and uh, you'll see see the picture on there. So I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to pop next week. I have to find something. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to say a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening. Loads. Can we particularly time the handovers to Pip when he's got the mouth at its fullest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. We'll leave. We'll leave that in your more than capable hands. Oh man, please, you're eating. Pip can, Pip can keep his salty popcorn. Yeah. Oh no, I like sweet salt. and salty. Yeah. Sweet and salty. Salty popcorn's awesome. Oh dear. Anyway, I'm so, going to leave the microphone unmuted now, Carl. Yeah, that. I should. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Welcome uh, to anybody. Uh, noticed? Uh, I've already lost control. By the way, I yeah. know. I know. I'm just going to go. Right. Anyway, so who's in the chat room this week? We have got uh, Lee Davies. You realise he's doing this on purpose so that we don't end up with the military, don't you? This Richard. <laughs> Richard. Uh, is only two for this week. <laughs> Richard Adams. Uh, Liz. Auntie Liz is in there. Captain Cruz. Jan Hubner's in there as well. Hello to you. Uh, we have got Neil Lamwarn. Hello to you, Neil. Mash is in there. Uh, Tony S. John Jester. Lane Street. Obviously, you have to have the show with Lane. Mazus. Hello to you, Mazus Karim. Hello. Hope you're well. Uh, we have got Myla's also in there watching this Aww. week. Hello to you, Myla. Uh, Alan Loveday. Hello to you, Alan. Uh, Ali O. Hello to you, Ali O. And uh, scroll down. Main Man Micah is also in there wielding the blue spanner of death and i hope i don't miss oh nick captain nick is also in there this week so hello to you captain nick oh, we better well. be on our best behavior then better be on our best behavior Bit of royalty. So if you don't already do it and most of you obviously do uh if you do follow us look us up on uh, youtube uh, plain talking uk don't forget to hit that subscribe button and hit the bell icon which is right next door to be notified when we are live as we are now and recording new episodes because we would really love to have you in the chat room wouldn't we guys absolutely definitely so it's time to start the show then as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the uk so if everyone's ready indeed let's go, let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story from Simple Flying and Flight Global. 
this headline: Airbus retires the world's first Beluga. Oh. So the first ever Airbus Beluga transport aircraft has left Brighton for the last time. Beluga number one departed the Airbus factory in North Wales just after three o'clock on Tuesday, the 27th of April, on its way to Hamburg. It's the second of the original fleet of uh, five A300-600ST uh, transporters to be placed in storage as Airbus updates its fleet to the model Beluga XL. The aircraft uh, has been with Airbus since October 1995 and is a ripe 26.6 years old. Uh, of the five original Belugas, the first to take retirement was Beluga number no. two, uh, Foxtrot Golf Sierra Tango Bravo, which last flew in October and the 6th in 2020 uh, from Airbus to lose home of Bordeaux for storage. Now the first ever Beluga has taken her last flight for Airbus. Foxtrot Golf Sierra Tango Alpha took off from Hawarden in Flintshire Harden. just after Harden, sorry, after 3pm uh, this week. <laughs> Had a short flight of one hour and 16. That's why we have Al on here. Really oh, I'm having so much fun. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, from there, it flew back to Toulouse for a final time before being ferried to Bordeaux for storage on Thursday this week. Although Bordeaux. the Dash 600 <laughs> ST airframes are being replaced by the Beluga XL, a derivative of the A330 designated the Dash 700L, the older aircraft still have considerable service life left and Airbus is looking at other options for their continued use with a view to clarifying the situation in mid-2021. Airbus currently operates uh, three of the intended six Beluga XL aircraft, which boasts increased payload capacity and decreased turnaround times over its predecessors. There we go. Possibility of some plane tags coming along the way at some point, no doubt. I, I think they'll make excellent flying nightclubs. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I, 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 get, get you and your decks in the corner, right. few lights, and uh, away to go. Yeah, get a few hundred people in there. You know, I mean, um, I, 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 you're you, flying it as, as well, Al. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 forgive me being a little bit naive here, but I, I assume that um, the whole thing is pressurised. Yes. Yeah. Well, sorry, I know because I know they don't always like, for example, like the cargo bit. Often isn't pressurized, if you see what I mean. So that that was the well, reason for actually, my daft Matt, that's question. A very good question. I said yes, but you I know, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not 100 yeah. percent certain either way on that. Okay, good question. Someone in the chat room surely will know. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, lovely idea having a a. a... I mean, you were very convincing when you said <laughs> your answer. But I have to I have to be honest. It came with a degree of authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I spoke a little too quickly. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I, I assumed you meant the aircraft, you know, generally the cockpit, and then I thought, well, yeah. hang on, maybe he means the uh, the cargo. Yeah, no, or... I meant I meant the the bit where they put where they're transporting the various bits and <laughs> bits and pieces. Sorry, John's, not... just, John's just said something in my ear which I didn't quite hear. The, the, so. I think the, car, the cargo. It's not pressurised. Okay, so that's that's the uh, that's the flying uh, uh, nightclub uh, out of the uh, question. Then basically, that's that was the reason but, for well, my. Not inquiry. at all. Not at all. We 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 we, we can do that. It'll just be a, you know. A bit more entertaining for them. <laughs> yeah. Which is called, I'll tell you what, I've caught thought of the perfect name for the nightclub. Hypoxia. Hi, right. There you go. Great. Well, I mean, you've I, got, you know, places like Oxygen and stuff like right. that. Yes. Let's I've already hypoxia. I've got the first song chosen that I'm going to play. Oh, for goodness sake. Right. I'm blue. I thought it was going to be not, It's not... in the Air Tonight. <laughs> 
Uh, that's uh, not under pressure. No, I I can't play that. (laughs) That is uh, uh, yes. uh, Sorry, uh, Neil Lamorne has actually confirmed. Look, the only only the cockpit is pressurized, same as the guppy. Ah, you see, of course, yes. The expert. There is an expert amongst us. Just happens to be not on the show. Yes, of course. Well, (laughs) indeed. Thank you. So basically, if if there's a crew member you don't like, you just get them to go and check on the um, cargo. Right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, now, okay. I, I'm trying to... I mean, I've often thought it's quite handy because, you know, if, if a wing falls off mid-flight, you've got a spare one in the back. Just bolt <laughs> it on. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, so anyway. the, the the next story, uh, can I just say a very uh, thank you to Stefan, who's just uh, sent uh, this picture that is now behind me on the uh, just, just, you know, topical look. This is what we love. This is the magic oh, of the WhatsApp number. Look, there's a picture that he took. Uh, uh, so thank you, Stefan. Uh, and he, he sent it to plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Please feel free to uh, get in touch by that uh, number. Uh, and uh, then we'll move on to story number two. Uh, story number two. As what was always. that number again? A plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. I'll just add that. No, hang on, that was too quick. I couldn't write that down. Right, plus four. (laughs) Oh, no, this is going to be bad. Plus four, four. Seven, five, seven. Plus four, four. Seven, five, seven. Seven, five, seven. Two, two. Like the aircraft. That's that's 727. Oh, it's already gone. Uh, 22 (laughs) 491 Anyway, Ryanair is the next story. (laughs) Story number two Ryanair and Trinity College launch sustainable aviation fuel research centre, which is very exciting. So, Ryanair plans to power 12.5% of its flights with sustainable fuel uh, available um, aviation fuels by 2030, the airline has said, as it announced a 1.5 million euro donation to Trinity College Dublin to launch a sustainable aviation research centre. As Europe's largest airline, we have a responsibility to minimise our impact on the environment, the airline's director of sustainability, Thomas Fowler, said as the airline committed to the target. The landmark initiative, the first of its kind in Ireland, will be used to fund a multidisciplinary research team to engage in best-in-class research around sustainable aviation fuels, zero-carbon aircraft propulsion systems and noise mapping. Uh, Associate Professor Stefan uh, sorry, Stephen Dooley and Professor Stephen Spence uh, will uh, lead the research. Professor Dooley explained that Ryanair's investment would allow him to expand on work he has been doing on a small scale. My phone's just been going nuts. That's why I'm a little distracted. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> on a small That's scale. Pizza, right? for, <laughs> probably uh, for several years and to engage with colleagues in the same field in Europe and the US. Perhaps more interestingly than uh, the subject itself was the headline uh, that the announcement generated. Uh, The uh, Irish Independent ran the headline Ryanair and Trinity to explore flying planes on alcohol and plant-based fuel. And the Sun ran the headline Original Skeptic Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary admits he once thought eco-warriors were a bunch of nutters as airline goes green. Lovely. Uh, speaking uh, to CNBC, O'Leary admitted that, frankly, tw- uh, 20 
30 years ago, uh, we all thought the environmentalists were a bunch of nutters, you know. Clearly, sustainability has moved front and centre. It is something that our customers and the people working here at Ryanair want us to focus on, and we tend to be very responsive. Uh, we're the first airline to appoint a director of sustainability, so somebody here spends 24 hours a day, seven days a week, focusing on how we can do better. He doesn't know who, but somebody at the airline. Uh, how how can we? That's not the world's best employment contract, <laughs> is it? You will work twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Okay. I mean, yes. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps it's in all of their contracts. Anyway, how uh, how can we be plastic-free on board all our flights within the next three years? How can we reduce our fuel consumption? How can we engineer our landing and takeoff procedures to make them quieter? And I must admit, although I one hundred percent completely agree about like. Uh, the the plastic straws issue i do wish there was a better way of doing it than with the paper ones i don't know if anybody's had a similar experience to me involving a a, a milkshake and a plastic straw it's just uh oh I'm, I'm being told off in my ear because apparently straws are a rarity on yeah, I, i'm with you on that one matt those those paper straws uh they make my tongue go all yeah, Funny. it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I hate it. Yeah, it makes it sets my teeth I've off. I've just it's, got my own stainless yeah. steel one that I take around with me. Ooh, oh, well, there you go. Have you? Yes. Stainless steel. Oh, that's a very sensible idea. I don't know why I'm surprised that it came out of your mouth, Al. I'll be oh, honest. I look but... a bit of a lunatic <laughs> when I take that out of my metal cutlery in McDonald's and sit down and then bring a plate out and put it all out on a plate and start eating. But, you know, it's you know, civilization. See, the not... scary thing is, is I'm not sure if he's serious or if he's joking now, ladies and gentlemen. This is the this is the bit that makes me nervous. I... <laughs> the, 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 the aluminium straw, I, I agree. Is it aluminium or steel, did you say? I think it's stainless steel. It might be aluminium, stainless but steel. it's right. one okay. of the two, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, slightly off topic. Uh, great news here. I mean, it's a great idea, I suppose, if, you know, if, not being funny, if Ryanair are doing it, then I, I suppose uh, other airlines have, I presume, similar projects in, Am I involved. allowed to be cynical? Um, yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't suppose this has anything to do with CO2 tariffs levied on airlines, does it? <laughs> well, Possibly. Like it hitting your bottom line, you right. know, that sort of thing. So, because okay. airlines... Airlines uh, have uh, CO2 quotas uh, that they can trade amongst each other. But obviously, if you exceed your quota, then uh, the airline has to pay copious mm. amounts of money. So, uh, Well, that's not the, necessarily true the, the world over, of course. That's European airlines and, and maybe yes. other parts of the world, but certainly the US airlines and others are not part of that ETS. But um, I, I know for sure that some of the big uh, US carriers have announced similar programs. My own company, which is largely US-based, has uh, said they're going to be, I forget what the number is, 80% biofuels by by the end of the decade. So, uh, yeah, it's very fashionable at the moment. But uh, it was interesting, though, to note that it, um, this program goes beyond just fuels, as you were talking about, Matt, they're reducing yeah. the use of plastics on, on on board. That's something I am get a bit peed off with sometimes when I see all the waste that yeah. we produce as a, yeah. as a, as a, a company. Um, you know, cutlery and oh yeah, no, and all I, sorts of stuff, and, and none of it gets recycled. It all just goes in the garbage, and, and that's the end. Of oh it. no, terrible, I, I really. absolutely. I, the the only comment in in regards to the straws, from my perspective, I'm absolutely a hundred percent agree that you know it. 
these things need to be a much more sustainable thing. I just wish there was a better way than, as you say, the paper straws. But do you know what? I'm going to go on Amazon as soon as this is over, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, to get one of those straws. So I think that's a having a few of those dotted around, like in your car or whatever, for when you're out and about. I think it's a fabulous idea. Genuinely, there you go. Every day is so a Nev, school day. <laughs> Mr. Bounds, you are with London City on this one. Yes, I am. And this is a great story, and we'll talk a bit more about this at the end, actually. It's on the uh, Nats.aero website, and it says that London City Airport has become the first major international airport in the world to be fully controlled by a remote digital air traffic control tower, following intensive testing and live trials of the revolutionary technology during lockdown. All flights on the summer schedule are being guided to land or take off from the heart of London by air traffic controllers 115 kilometres away at Nats ATC Centre in Swanwick, Hampshire, using an enhanced reality view supplied by a state-of-the-art 50-metre uh, digital control tower. Alison Fitzgerald, Chief Operating Officer at London City Airport, says, We are immensely proud to become the first major international airport to adopt this pioneering technology. This investment in smart infrastructure will help us meet future growth in passenger demand, uh, passenger demand improve air traffic management, and give us future capability as the aviation industry bounces back from the pandemic. Uh, Juliet Kennedy, who is the Operations Director, at Nat said uh, the digital tower technology tears up a blueprint, a blueprint that's remained largely unchanged for a hundred years, allowing us to safely manage aircraft from almost anywhere, whilst providing our controllers with valuable new new tools that will be impossible in a traditional control tower. The technology was pioneered by Saab Digital Air Traffic Solutions, which had successfully tried and tested the system at Ornskurdvik at uh, and Sundsvall uh, airports in Sweden. Sixteen high definition cameras and sensors mounted on the mast capture a 360 degree view of the city airport airfield. This is relayed through a super fast fibre connection to a new control room, to control room in Nats Air Traffic Control Centre in Swanwick. A dedicated team of controllers use the live footage and audio feed from the airfield and radar information to instruct aircraft movements in and out of the airport. The live feed which is transmitted through independent secure fibre networks is displayed on 14 HD screens in the Swanwick control room to provide a panoramic moving image. Uh, this can be overlaid with digital data to provide an enhanced reality view and information such as call signs, altitude and speed of all aircraft approaching and leaving the airport, weather readings and the ability to track moving objects can all be included in this single visual display. Pan tilt zoom cameras can also magnify images up to 30 times for close inspection. Now, uh, Pip, you'll remember that you and I went down to Heathrow to look at the development system uh, of this fantastic thing. And although the article is talking about HD, I think it's actually 4K cameras that were being used and 4K displays when, when we were down there, certainly. Um, and uh, we interviewed Andy Taylor, or sorry, you interviewed Andy Taylor from Nats, and I did the filming down there. That was a great day out, wasn't it? Really good. Yeah, fascinating. And um, although ever so slightly different what we were talking about there, because that digital tower was uh, located uh, at Heathrow still, whereas the London City Tower, as you said, is located 100 odd miles down the road. So it really is truly a, a remote tower. Um, now, I think this has actually been up and running at City for a while, certainly as they've been testing it. Um, uh, 
since December, right? Um, so yeah, so and I've been in and out of, of uh, London City quite regularly. And honestly, as a pilot, you wouldn't know any different uh, unless you're astute enough to look over and notice that the tower is no longer there. Um, really, uh, for us in the aeroplane, there's there's been no noticeable difference whatsoever. Um, so are they going to turn the the sort of old tower at London City into a, like an Airbnb? Because that would be pretty cool. Wouldn't <laughs> I was it? hoping a BA lounge would have, would be nice actually. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was going to suggest. I love London City as a going through as a passenger, but the thing it really drastically lacks is a lounge of any sort. There's nothing there at all, uh, which is a great shame. But uh, yeah, you know, centre of London um, real estate is a prime. Uh, a prime commodity so i'm not quite sure what they're going to do with that land maybe you know make it into something rentable i think also if you go back to uh your uh youtube feed pip you've got the whole interview with andy taylor on your youtube feed and i think on episode 259 and 260 of the plane talking uk podcast you can see both parts that we did uh with andy and uh, what really astounded me was the quality and the fidelity of image uh, available uh, to the ATCOs, absolutely incredible, really yeah, incredible. I, I must say, before we, we talked to him, uh, Nev, I was a little bit sceptical sceptical about the whole project, but actually seeing some of the, the benefits and seeing some of the technological uh, additions that they can make, the overlays, the weather, and the all the data that they can put on there is quite incredible, actually. Yeah, phenomenal. Great, great job. So yeah. we might be seeing some more. You never know. Yeah. Also, just a, a point of interest, um, whilst the digital tower might not be immediately apparent to, to pilots going in and out, what is very apparent at London City is the opening of the new taxiway now, the new parallel taxiway, which uh, has, and certainly when things get busier, will make a huge uh, difference. Previously, they've just got the, the single east-west runway, and there are just two entry exit points at either runway end. So... Um, Generally, you the apron is on the western end, and if you're taking off on westerlies, you have to backtrack the full length of the runway and then vacate at the very end onto the little loop. So it makes managing the flow of traffic very, very um, crucial because you're, you know, you're having to backtrack while there are aircraft landing on that same piece of tarmac. Uh, but now there's a parallel taxiway there, so it should all be super simple. That's going to help the, uh, the flow rate enormously, isn't it? Absolutely, it will, yeah. Great, great stuff. So, Al, you've got the next one. I have indeed. Uh, this is a story about a very uh, precious aircraft. Airbus is to develop a temporary A330 cargo transport scheme, enabling operators of the twin jets to remove seats and carry industry standard pallets on the main deck. The scheme will be de developed through a supplemental type certificate in cooperation with Lufthansa Technic. Airbus says the programme, designated cargo in the cabin, will be available for both the A330-200 and 300 variants. Lufthansa Technic will own the certificate and supply kits for the modification to customers. Airbus says it will provide the technical data, validation for engineering and calculation work to support the process. Removal of the A330 seats will provide about 78 uh, cubic metres of cargo volume on a Dash 200 and some 86 cubic metres on the larger Dash 300. This will allow the variants respectively to accommodate 12 and 15 PKC pallet positions along with the associated nets. Airbus says the layout takes advantage of the aircraft's good operational economics and versatile cabin. Lufthansa Technic Chief Operations Officer Soren Stark 
says the two companies will mutually benefit and the A330 program will create a blueprint for potential future tie-ups. Now, I'm quite interested by this because the 350 has the same type rating. And I wonder if they're going to go down the same route with the A350 because the 350's got quite long legs and that it's already on quite good terms for carrying cargo. So if you imagine that you can put uh, uh, cargo bins on the main deck of the 350, that will be quite something. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's a lovely looking picture. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is, is this going to be the future though? Where, where, you, you know, it, it's, it's like almost like, what do they used to call it? Is it like hot swapping, you know, where you could, you take all the seats out that uh, can't yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 I mean, um, is that, I'm the... not quite, yeah, I'm not quite sure that this particular supplemental type of is designed for sort of like hot swapping, sort of like right. passenger aircraft by day and cargo by night yeah. i think it's a bit more of a, a fundamental change than that uh but what it does mean is uh, that uh aircraft that have kind of come to the end of their passenger flying life um have an extended life the only thing that doesn't appear to be covered in the article is whether the modification uh, the STC uh, changes the door, which is exactly um, now, what Lane has actually just said in the chat room. There, yeah. he says, does this now, mod now include cargo? About, door? Yeah, thinking about the size <laughs> of the bins, there's no way that they would go through a standard door. So they they must, yeah. there must be therefore quite a fundamental change to the door. Now it will be no different to the mod that they're doing on the A321 to put cargo on the main deck of the 321. So it's not not a big deal, uh, but it, it certainly. Uh, renders some of the aircraft that have reached their passenger flying age. Uh, and maybe there are some, uh, well, actually, no, I, I know why the Thomas Cook aircraft were broken up at Manchester, because they were broken up for spares, because they were worth more as spares than as flying aircraft, even as cargo aircraft. But there will be a few uh, aircraft owning companies who will be looking at this and rubbing their hands with glee and getting a, a rejuvenation out of their assets. Yeah. Yeah, okay, on to the next story. And I think uh, that's with Pip. That will be me, yes. Okay, just let me pull the screen up here. I've got to say, listeners, sorry, just going off on a tangent, it's been a couple of years since I've been on the show. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, the, the show notes now that have been sent to me are a technological masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know who puts this together, probably John, but yes, correct. it's yes. immense. Yeah. There's I'm scripts, there's director's notes, there's... <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've not had a chance to read this yet. <laughs> okay, so, right. <laughs> uh, forgive me if I stumble over that. Here we go. Right. So this is a story. Um, the high cost story, of folks. new... You know, this is... The high cost of new general aviation aircraft may be pricing pilots out of the market. And this is from Forbes.com. Here we go. When Textron Aviation announced production of a 75th anniversary edition of the Beechcraft Bonanza earlier this month, it reminded everyone that is the longest continuously produced aircraft in history. Huh, didn't know that. But the ever-increasing price tag is also a reminder that, in the eyes of many pilots, general aviation aircraft manufacturers are pricing themselves out of the market. In reaction to the... 
in reaction to an article on the special edition Bonanza, one commentator wrote, in 1970, a Cessna 172 was 1.3 times the average salary in the US, and a Bonanza was five times the average. Today, it is six times the average salary for a 172 and 14 times the average salary for a Bonanza. Crikey. According to the Plane and Pilot magazine, the price of a new Cessna 172 was $12,500 in 1970. And the average salary, average salary in the United States was just over $6,000. In 2021 dollars, about 85000 bucks. But with the current ask for a new 172 at crumbs, $432,000 minimum, even the Skyhawk has outpaced the Bonanza, which cost around $50,000 new in 1970. Uh, Piper Cherokee, the latest edition of which, the Piper 100i, debuted at the recent Sun and Fun air show in Florida, cost about 13000 in 1970. Today's price uh, starts at 259000 so just over a quarter of a million bucks. Wow. Chinese-owned Cirrus aircraft has only been making production piston singles since 1995, but the list price for its parachute-equipped SR-22 was $755,000, three-quarters of a million. You know, I never knew Cirrus was Chinese. Huh. You learn something every day. Chinese-owned. Chinese-owned. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Chinese-owned. Uh, low volume means that light aircraft manufacturing remains a relatively labor-intensive, time-consuming process without the automation of economies of scale common which passenger car manufacturers... That's a horrible sentence, and I think I read it wrong. Moving on. <laughs> According to the anecdotal evidence from flight instructors, only about one-third of their students are learning to fly for recreation or personal transportation. They tend to be middle-aged, in part because of the cost of flying and purchasing airplanes requires mid-career affluence. It's a fact that's reflected by GA manufacturers selling more to flight schools than individuals. Final paragraph. Despite that, according to the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, AOPA, there are over 200,000 general aviation aircraft and about half a million GA pilots in the US, generating $39 billion in direct economic output and 7.6 million jobs. There you go. Love it. Now, the really we interesting thing here is that second-hand aircraft values, and we're talking general aviation still, have absolutely gone through the roof in the last sort of 18 months, almost a doubling. Um, and it's difficult to put a finger on the, the reasons why, but uh, I don't know whether it's effects of the global pandemic or what, but just tracking the, 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 the resale values of, of you know, fairly old aircraft, you know, so 1960s, 1970s aeroplanes. It's it's staggering that, that, you know, just what they're selling for these days. And it's not just people, you know, put them on the market for silly money. People are buying them for silly money. Mm. But still, I mean, what's a second, let's say a 1970-ish uh, Piper Cherokee is going to set you back, I don't know, 30 grand perhaps, well, 40 grand for a good one. But, yeah, uh, you I know, mean, compare that to the cost of a new aircraft, uh, you know, three quarters of a million for a Sirius. It's quite a difference. I agree. It is, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, I, I mean, the, the, the costs of, you know, manufacture are quite significant, as we've talked about in the article, but they are selling. There are people with, with money and you look at flight schools and they're buying new aircraft. It's, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's staggering. 
It's great news, really, isn't it? I mean, when you think uh, what a year the aviation industry has, has has had, I mean, it's frankly astounding. Anybody's buying anything new, if I'm honest. Uh, Richard Adams is saying likely GA insurance will go up to match, uh, especially as several brokers uh, have now left the market, which is actually probably quite a good point there. Yeah, Richard. insurance is definitely going up. Um, as a, a group member in a light aircraft in a share plane, mm. we've, we've seen that. Al, I'm sure you've seen insurance going through the roof. Yeah, we, we changed insurers uh, uh, this year um, and our, our premium stayed uh, the same. I'm sure that was as one of those like, you know, new customer, you know, bonuses or whatever. But uh, yeah, we shall see what happens over the next mm. year. Mm. I think, though, the uh, the good old Cessna 150s and Cherokees and whatnot are, are going to be gracing our skies for, for many more decades to come. I think it'll be a while before we see fleets of Sirai flying around instead of a good old Cherokee. Is, is that the official plural, is it? <laughs> I've just decided it is, yes. Okay, good, right, there we are. There's a mental note, everyone. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see more electric aircraft in the training role going forward. So oh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yes, uh, Fingers crossed for Faraday, but anyway, that's that's just a personal campaign. Coming up later. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah. Coming up you can tell I haven't read the show notes then, can't you? Lovely. Well oh, that's me in trouble. Okay, moving on. Somebody dig me out of this hole, please. Uh, so, talking about brand new GA aircraft, we're going to go on to a nearly new Boeing 7 or 777 for this next story. It comes to us from scramble.nl, autoevolution.com, aviation24.be, and uh, headline Mind the Bridge. So, a brand new KLM Boeing 777 300ER. Uh, registration Papa Hotel Bravo Victor Victor MSN 66888 suffered slight damage to its wing and fuselage after hitting a jet bridge that hadn't been correctly removed after being connected to one of the airport's boarding gates. The aircraft was scheduled to depart on the afternoon of the 22nd of April as a cargo-only flight from Schiphol to Shanghai via Seoul. Um, KLM, or as KL895 was the flight number. So a tug had started pushing the 777 back from Pier Echo. Uh, usually uh, resistant or unusual resistance was noted. And after a push of around 10 metres, the problem became very apparent. Uh, the aircraft was delivered to KLM just four weeks ago. So there we go. Pictures on the screen for those of you watching on the YouTube channel. And uh, thoughts, uh, Al, thoughts? It's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. It, some people might say, well, didn't anybody spot this? But the tug driver won't because he's low down to the ground and he won't be able to see uh the, the pilots won't because the the first officer has no vision out that side and because of the the geometry of the aircraft and the length of it uh unless the captain opened up the window leaned out which is never recommended um he wouldn't have seen it so the question uh really falls on the 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 rules at Schiphol as to whether there needs to be wing walkers for a push uh usually at most airports there'll be a guy out on each wing that is responsible for, for monitoring for these things. So uh, it's been a long time since I've been at Schiphol, so they might not have a requirement. Or the guy out on the left wing was uh, asleep. <laughs> it's a question, uh, Al. When you're on the ramp like that, who is responsible for uh, ultimate safety of the aircraft? Is it the 
captain or the commander of the aircraft? Is it the head of the ground crew or the dispatcher? What's the what's the score? The, the, the legal position is it's the commander of the aeroplane. Um, so unfortunately, even though you can't see it and you had no way of knowing it was going to happen and you are very much in the hands of the ground crew, yep, ultimately it's your responsibility. So next story, Matt is with you, and this is all about 5G. Right, okay, yes. So uh, there is, uh, sorry, I'm having a slight, it's it's all good. Uh, So this, I can't can't get my camera to switch for some reason. Sorry about that. I'll try, (laughs) hang on, it's all right. We've we've got it sorted. Uh, Yes, uh, Delta Airlines to become the first 5G, now I'm getting electric shocks off the mixer. This is a bit worrying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Lovely, this is all going smoothly. Delta Airlines to become the first 5G-equipped global airline. Delta Airlines has taken the first step to becoming the first 5G-equipped global airline. Uh, The uh, team has... So the airline has teamed up with Apple and AT&T to equip its flight attendants with best-in-class products aimed at enhancing service delivery. As part of the strategic partnership, over 19,000 Delta Airline flight attendants are to receive an iPhone 12 paired with AT&T's 5G network to enhance customers' travel experience. Our flight attendants are the finest professionals taking to the skies day in, day out. So when we're looking for outstanding products that meet the Delta standard, Apple and AT&T were top of mind, said Senior Vice President of In-Flight Services, Alison Asban. The, uh, the flight attendants will be able to access in-cabin inventory quickly using augmented reality and iPhone 12 cameras. Immersive training using AR will also become a reality, allowing flight attendants to perform critical tasks from anywhere and with ease. Flight attendants will also gain access to training videos, photos, and AR while on the go. Flight attendants will also have up-to-the-minute digital catering inventory and be able to quickly locate items without opening a single door using the camera on the iPhone 12 and augmented reality to visualise where items are stowed. Um, now, uh, interesting reading actually here. Uh, John's just put a couple of things in the notes here. He's saying the headline from the Yahoo Finance is a bit bold. It's uh, not as exciting as the headline makes out to be. In reality, flight attendants at Delta are getting personal electronic devices to help them with work. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> put a, a, a you know a silver lining on it, I suppose. I mean, it's just forgive. I love tech. I love technology, but. Is this just a bit like doing it for the sake of doing it? I mean, quite possibly. Can anybody remember what colour the Delta flight attendant's uniform is? I want to say blue. Is it blue or purple? I think it's purple. And what colour does the new iPhone 12 come in as an option? Purple, possibly. Purple. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Yes, you can order a purple iPhone 12. So, yeah, it's a fashion thing, isn't it? I've got a iPhone 12 that matches my uniform, and that's about as much use as it will be. Right. A fashion accessory. <laughs> okay. Because- now, I'm a, I'm a bit of a technological idiot, as you all know, but um, having I can see that Nev nodding. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, yeah. I may be wrong, but but in order to use a 5G telephone, do you not need to be in an area with, with 5G network and infrastructure? So if you're out in the middle of... 
Well, I think Africa the plan or, or somewhere. Yeah, the, the or plan is. The point. The, well, the, I think I think essentially um, reading between the lines here, I think it's uh, it's a bolt on, if you see what I mean. So they're going to add five uh, G equipped uh, equipment on the aircraft using the data services that they already have, if you see what I mean. I'm being told off. Apparently, I've. It's uh, sorry, John. What was that again? Sorry, it's five G. Five G phone for the cabinetry, but not but actually didn't, didn't, ca- connect. Nothing to didn't do with they the say connectivity. They were going to be the world's first global five G airline. Wasn't that the headline? It was. Yes. Right. Mm. Okay. Fair yes, enough. Yes, they'll, they'll they'll have dollies all around the world with their five G fashion accessory. Uh, you know, they're, right. they're just okay. Uh, so when they're on the they've, ground, they've got superb spin doctors. So so when they're on the ground in say places like Dubai or certain locations in London and Birmingham now here in the UK, uh, their their fashion accessory will connect to a five G network. But not when they're in the air. Is that what we? Is well, that where we go? The Delta aircraft have uh, have uh, internet Wi Fi on board, don't they? So they'll be able to you know. Use the, the Wi-Fi data network whilst they're okay. Uh, yeah, have well, I, I mean, missed? Let's be, honest, well, let's be honest. If you want to find out what's in a in a bar box, why not just open the bloody door rather than right. trying to you know log on to an app, <laughs> zoom in around. Right. Is it a bird? Is no, no, no. It's not a bird. No, no, no. That's I've got my filter on, haven't I? Right. No, I'm going to take the filter off. Oh yeah, it's a chicken sandwich. Well, I didn't want that. Right. Oh, no, no, no. It's turned into a sheep. Oh no, no. That's another filter. Just open the door. <laughs> which let, let let's let's be honest here though the thing is is i, I mean, certainly my experience of uh you know i'm lucky enough that i've got to know a few cabin crew over time and most of them pretty much know where everything is and their various carts and things anyway without needing an app to look them up okay good right we'll move on now before i get told <laughs> off even my sorry john's really shouting in my ear now oh dear uh... <laughs> Nev, uh, are, we, are we running late? Is there a risk that the military might have to go? <laughs> not at all. Not, not yet. Yeah. Not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Nev, Nev, you've got a story about uh, well, two people actually that uh, that we met not so long ago. Yes, absolutely. And Read slow. Read it's... slow. <laughs> it's on the flightglobal.com website, and it says uh, UK electric aircraft startup Faraday has recruited former Boeing Commercial Aircraft Vice President of Marketing Randy Tinseth to head its advisory board. It's also signed up former EasyJet Executive Tony Anderson to the panel. Faraday says that it's made the appointment to help steer the company through its next phase of growth as it develops a bio-electric hybrid aircraft concept. Between them, they bring a wealth of experience from leading companies in the commercial aircraft sector, it states, adding that Tinseth and Anderson will provide a valuable insight into its business model. Tinseth says that the proposed aircraft will bring, a, will bring a unique combination of size, range, environmental performance and efficiency to the market. Now, I believe the aircraft can truly transform regional air mobility in the next decade, he adds. And Faraday says that it's preparing to make further disclosures relating to its executive and engineering teams. Well, you'll remember that we, uh, Carlos, did a fantastic interview with Neil Cluffley, who's the CEO of uh, Faraday up at Duxford uh, not that long ago. Uh, But also, uh, Carlos interviewed 
uh, Randy Tinson mm, himself mm. Yeah. at the Dubai Air Show, and what a fine fellow he is. And it, he was a very senior person at uh, Boeing at the time as well. So it was very nice of him to uh, give up his time for us uh, uh, mere mortals to go and speak with him. Uh, but that was a great interview, wasn't it, uh, Carlos? Really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was very good. Very warm sitting out there on the Boeing veranda, I will say. Oh, yes, it was. But, but, uh, no, it, no, it was nice. Great, isn't that? Really good. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, genuinely, though, th I mean, this is quite an acquisition, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, he was, you know, I mean, Randy is, you know, very well respected within the aviation industry, uh, you know, very much associated with Boeing uh, for what he did. I mean, this is this is quite a serious acquisition, well, isn't so it? He's been with Boeing a long time as well. I, yeah. I think that this shows that Neil... That Neil and the uh, executive team at Faraday have really got their foot hard down yeah. now, and they are recruiting people from the very top of the profession, uh, which is fantastic news. So I can't wait uh, for our invite to go to Duxford yeah. hopefully at the end of 2024, uh, when the first flight of yeah. the aircraft is due. Very much looking forward to that. Yes, going. absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to get in touch and, um, and and have a chat with Neil again, won't we? I think sort of uh, very soon. I think. Yep. Indeed. So, Captain Al, you've got the next story all about uh, young birds. Indeed. And this comes Why from. Why am the I New suddenly York nervous? <laughs> <laughs> so, a man has been caught smuggling 35 songbirds into JFK Airport. The songbirds were discovered hidden inside hair curlers in a man's clothing when he arrived this week at Kennedy International Airport in New York, the authorities said. The man. Kevin Andre McKenzie of Guyana is now facing federal smuggling charge, according to the US Fish and Wildlife Service, which said that he had admitted that he had been offered 3,000 to bring the birds into the country from South America. The birds were identified as finches by custom agents, uh, who the authorities said had selected Mr. McKenzie, age 36, they always give his age, it's not really relevant to the story, for screening when he'd arrived on Monday aboard a JetBlue flight from Georgetown, Guyana. Photos taken by customs agents showed the hair curlers lining the inside of a suit jacket worn by Mr. McKenzie, still age 36, and wrapped around <laughs> his legs beneath his pants, according to the complaint. Mr. McKenzie was released on a $25,000 bond uh, after making an initial appearance on Tuesday in U.S. District Court in Brooklyn. Mr. McKenzie's arrest was the third time that customs agents had intercepted smuggled finches at JFK Airport in the past month. It's quite a big market for them, and I don't think that's a particularly nice way to transport them. Um, no. So hopefully... Uh, the authorities can clamp down at Georgetown and Guyana and stop them actually making it on the aircraft. I mean, it's just such, it's so inhumane, isn't it? That's the thing. I mean, it's just, never never mind, you know, the, the, the rest of the story there. It's just, you know, to be in that time. I mean, this, this picture here actually genuinely makes me feel quite distressed and to describe to those who are listening um it's essentially like what you say it looks like a curler basically and the bird is sort of crammed in there like literally the you mm. know there, there's no room for movement there at all i mean it's, it's just awful just awful yeah uh <laughs> Uh, on, a, on a slightly lighter note, thanks to Neil in the chat room saying, was this story revealed in a tweet? Just as interest. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. 
Oh, thank you for uh, that. Yes, sorry, it was all getting a bit serious there. We need to uh, we need to correct that. Yeah, uh, yes, Lane, okay. Lane said he heard he was flying on the cheap. Uh, right. Okay. Birds <laughs> of Okay. Yes, indeed. We won't read out the other oh, one that was dear. on screen there for a second. Uh, <laughs> just you know, family anyway, show and all that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, for those for those of us who are you know worried about uh, this whole COVID thing. Um, Pip, you've got a story, especially for people who don't like uh, like opening toilet doors. Indeed. Um, why why, so this is, why uh, would you not from... like opening a toilet door? I, I'm confused. What? <laughs> this is from. Well, I don't know where it's from. It's from John, I suppose. Economy class and beyond. The uh, the voice in my head tells me A and A to install hands free toilet paper. Oh no, door handles. Right. A and A to install hands free <laughs> toilet door handles. Well, actually, if I was thinking of something Japan, else. Um, you, you'll know that toilets are a, a technological wonder in Japan and uh, in South Korea as well. They, they come multifunctional. It, it's, it's like being in a simulator when you go to a Japanese toilet. There's all sorts of functions. You can select whether the, the seat is hot or chill down if it's too hot. And there's various different styles of flush. So I'm not unduly surprised that they will you know, have hands-free toilet paper. Well, here's hoping. Anyway, uh, the story says, if the COVID-19 pandemic has shown anything, people are more careful about germs and cleaning their hands more often. A&A is to introduce a new passenger experience option, and it involves their toilets. <laughs> and no, not an in-flight B-Day, rather the door handle. Does anyone have a B-Day? I find them rather odd. Anyway, I'm trying to think what what, what is the the, the B days the one next to the the toilet, isn't it? The, <laughs> yeah, the the, the so yeah, that would be the hands free toilet that. paper. That would you right, okay. that would be the hands free. You wash your feet in them, Carlos says. Right, okay, lovely. <laughs> I, I've seen them in a, in like the odd hotel that I've been, you know, like the the. Uh, well, like you know, in that... some parts of the world, they're very um very popular. Right, very much an everyday item. Oh, okay, fair enough. Sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt. Do carry on. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, where did I get to? All right. Uh, Al Nippon Airways has partnered with Jamco Corporation to develop the world's first hands-free door that allows easy access to lavatories on its aircraft. Hmm. The first hands-free doors will be introduced to Japanese domestic flights starting the 1st of May. That's tomorrow. Gosh, how exciting. Let's get ourselves uh, then, off to Japan and try them out. Yeah, I, I would love nothing more than to open a door without using my hands. Imagine, what a brave new world. The heights technology has reached. With the Japanese being quite a disciplined bunch, they probably wouldn't do what you and I would do, which is to try to tease the door by going up to it and going, and as it moves, you take your hand away and go, nah, I was only kidding. <laughs> well, couldn't you just nudge it with your elbow or your knee or something like most normal people? Do we really have to invent the world's first doorless door or handleless door? Anyway, let's carry on with the story. Have I, have I slipped into an alternate world, world here? What? <laughs> <laughs> the, well, let's find out. The new okay. lavatory door is equipped with a large inner door locking knob and an additional handle so that passengers can use their elbows to unlock the door. That's what I just said. I'm going to sue them. This was my idea. As the door mechanism is different to those found on other aircraft, the airline will signage. That sentence is wrong, isn't it? The airline signage. We'll have. Yeah, uh, whatever. Has near the lavatory to provide operational instructions. 
The hands-free lavatory will be installed on 11 Boeing 787-8 aircraft, two Boeing 787-9, and eight Boeing 777-200s. The initial installation will be for aircraft serving domestic routes, while ANA hopes to introduce the system to all domestic and international aircraft in the future. Gosh. Does it also have some sort of digital audio uh, player uh, which says... <laughs> I'd give that 10 minutes if I was here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard Adams is uh, uh, saying quite seriously, what's wrong with uh, Open Sesame? The current voice recognition now is so good yeah. and cheap. That's not a bad idea, actually, isn't it? I is mean, it? Talk about solving a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Micah is saying it really should be foot controlled. Uh, your foot's already filthy from being on the lab floor. Actually, that's... That's not daft, a daft suggestion, is it? I mean, that that seems like a very logical suggestion. I mean, a lot of things are, are like foot, um, foot opera, foot operated, aren't they? What I'm trying to work out is uh, on the image that we've got on the screen at the minute. So can we go back to the the uh, the, the inside of the of the bog? Uh, and, yes. Um, yeah. And it seems to be showing some sort of fisting image and i'm not quite sure does that indicate the emergency use if it's not it, you then hit hell out of this thing to make it open is that what they're trying to indicate there i mean uh, i th i think the uh, safe response to that is we can neither confirm or deny that accusation <laughs> it is an interesting um instructional picture Really? Yes. I, 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 For a door. Multilingual, shall we say. I suppose it's the... There, I think COVID and this pandemic um, has been or will be responsible for many, many useless inventions uh. and devices and, and patents. I saw a thing uh, advertised the other day, maybe on Twitter, I forget where it was, but I think it cost about $350 and it's essentially just a, a, a small wedge of metal with a hook on it for... As for opening doors, in fact, so you don't have to touch a, a door, you know, like hotel door or your own door. Really, do we need this? Is it me? Well, surely you just get your manservant to do it for you. you know, well, I would. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate not everyone has one of those. <laughs> right, okay. Let's play this. Should we move on? Uh <laughs> This, uh, when last I say time. manservant, instantly, I do mean in the traditional sense. I'm not suggesting that anybody uses their manservant to open a toilet door on an aircraft. Okay, I, I don't that even know where you're. Well, well, I don't even know where you're going with that. So I'm going to just play the innocent card and move on. Uh, not everyone can, Al. You know. <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, uh, okay. There goes the uh, there goes the uh, PG rating for this evening. Uh, and uh, who's uh, somebody take Carlos? Who's next? Um. Uh... Carlos. Yes. Oh, Carlos hello. is next. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so this story, last one. This I is wasn't even paid to say manservant and fisting in the same story. I mean, I don't know where that's... <laughs> oh, dear. I'll I need take to... that. I, I need to I'll go and have a lie down. Will, yeah. Guys and girls. <laughs> Alaska Airlines <laughs> dedicates... This is a serious story now. Is Come it on, right? Please. Okay, sorry. Yes, focus, Alaska. everyone. <laughs> Alaska Airlines dedicates plane to equity in education with new livery so alaska airlines has just launched one of al's favorite aircraft the boeing 737-900 er with a new livery that dedicated diversity 737-200 with a roof rack as far as i'm concerned. yes <laughs> and, <laughs> and inclusion focused on equity 
and education equity. The aircraft's exterior features the faces of 14 young students of colour. Those are real people featured on the plane, the story says. Alaska Airlines DEI Director James Thomas said, all have some relationship to our employees. They are children, grandchildren and mentees of some of our employees and are some of the next generation of leaders. The plane features quotes from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, that says the time is always right to do what is right and Nelson Mandela says education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world uh, the plane a reflection of an employee driven initiative was developed in partnership with the uh, with UNICEF or UNICEF formerly known as the United Negro College Fund which uh, with which Alaska Airlines has had a long-standing partnership with the airline has provided at least 13.4 million miles to support students flying to and from colleges that's very kind of them uh, it's a symbol of our commitment to racial equality and to uni uh, UNCF a flying billboard to show our commitment and education equity and belonging we hope it will inspire conversation and bring awareness to the great work that uh, UNCF is doing as well Thomas said passengers on board the plane will learn more about dedicated aircraft through custom seatback cards digital resources featuring bios of the bios of the students on the aircraft and uh, UNCF information on the company's commitment to DEI and more. The plane was unveiled to the students and their families in a small informal gathering on Sunday in the company's hangar. Thomas says the company's racial diversity goal by 2025 is to increase diversity in leadership positions by 30 or up to 30 percent, which would match diversity percentage of frontline employees. Alaska's board of directors is 45 percent racially diverse and 45 percent gender diverse. So there we go. Lovely livery. Like that. That's good. A good do you idea. actually like that livery? I do. Very colourful. See, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love the, I love the message. Uh, I love the message that's behind it. But I do feel that it could have been a bit brighter. I, I feel it's very sort of dark and, you know, um, you know. I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel it could have been made, you know, lighter in colour and that. It looks dour and yeah, you know, that yeah. But... Can like, you flash it up again? I, I missed it. I was looking at the news story when you read it. Okay, bear with me. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Sorry. <laughs> I, I had unfortunately I, rather I mean, foolishly moved you, on. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I endorse the idea and, and the Absolutely. Positive. It's great that it actually features, if you like, well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to use the word caricature because that's entirely the wrong word, but yeah. they're, they're supposed to represent real people within the organisation. But, I mean... It doesn't look the greatest of liveries to me. I'll I think, I mean, as you said, I, lo I love the, the 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 symbolism behind it and the quotes and everything are absolutely uh, are fantastic. But I I do think that maybe a somehow it would have looked better perhaps if it wasn't if it were if the I don't I don't know what color you could a different color I think as the the primary color might have made it look more positive. Well, I, I guess it's a talking point, and and that yeah. probably is the point, isn't it? Indeed, you know, to, to get people thinking and talking about it. Uh, I, I do like it when aircraft uh, exteriors, um, you know, have a bit of information in there. I, I always enjoyed the Norwegian ones with the, with the face of a, a well-known, often Norwegian person yeah. on the tail. I would often Google that person to find out a bit more about yeah. them. Mm. Mars Hire suggested like the Smurf aeroplane. 
<laughs> Mars Hire suggested that it possibly stands out a bit more in the winter with lots of snow, which is a which is a good point, I guess. Probably but... stands out uh, a bit less at uh, at night time. Uh, yes, yeah, good point. Yes, <laughs> oh, you just like on the. Don't don't Google the uh, Air New Zealand's All Blacks livery then. No, okay, if think, yeah. If you think that's dark, you should see that one. Yeah, Graham, Graham is actually saying that, uh, Graham Haley is saying that uh, not many black aircraft are around, so it will probably turn heads, mm. which which is true. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I say, and I think the message is, the message is great. I love the message. I, I, I just don't know if it's... I, I, I'm not a designer, so uh, I'm probably the last person who should be commenting on this. <laughs> but, well, uh, I think so. by the virtue of the fact that none of us are going, wow, that's amazing, that looks really... You know, great. Yeah, it's probably an indicator that they fluffed it. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And I think that's a perfect uh, place to move on, Carlos. And Alaska's CEO, if you're watching the show, we do love you. Oh, I'm being told I've got to do the intro. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I've switched. To What's this. next, then, Matt? I don't know because I switched to the wrong camera. Okay, right. Okay, I'm having all sorts of problems here today. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, the uh, there's a, some guy called Captain Al who some of you may have heard of, uh, and I sit Is down. Is he any good? He's oh, not him again. He's, he's on every flipping episode. I know he's <laughs> bloody awesome. That's <laughs> anyway. He's a bit like Adam Spink's feedback on the Plane Safety podcast. <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> the Plane <laughs> Truth. Both Boeing versus uh, Airbus is the topic uh, this week. Uh, we all know that Carlos uh, prefers his Android over an iPhone, but how do we cope? How does he cope uh, <laughs> if he had to learn how to use an Apple device? This week, Captain Al explains the nuances in converting from a Boeing to an Airbus from a pilot's point of view. And in true Welsh fashion, there's even mention of some sheep. <laughs> Welcome to another Plain Truth, and this week we're going to be answering that question, Boeing versus Airbus. Joining me, as always, is the legend that is Captain Al. Hi, Captain Al. Oh, very good evening, Matt. <laughs> now, obviously, we're not going to ask that question, because you cannot ask an Airbus captain which is better, Boeing or Airbus. But the question that I do have more specifically uh, for you is actually, what are the challenges of converting from an Airbus aircraft to a Boeing aircraft because I, I know, of, of, for example, you've got the sort of the side stick, obviously with with the Airbus product, um, but uh, versus the column, obviously with with Boeing. So, uh, is it just as simple as a, as a slightly different type rating, or is it a whole new set of values? Okay, so it's a good question, and I'm going to turn the question on its head, if you don't mind, and say what are the challenges of converting someone from Boeing to Airbus because that's what right. I've got more experience in. Okay. Um, so, yes, it's an entirely different type rating. So when, when you train to be an airline pilot, you get an airline transport pilot's license. That's a very sort of generic license. And then to go and be able to fly something of a reasonably large size commercially, you need a type rating. So the type rating contains information specific to the aircraft types, all of the technical aspects of it and then the operation of it. So it's, it's a whole course of ground school and then simulator sessions and then uh, finally a, a test in the simulator. And uh, then you'll go and do uh, line training. Uh, you may need to do base training as well, which is just doing circuits. Uh, go and do line training and then ultimately you'll get signed off. So let's look at some of the, the key differences. Now, 
there are two main areas. There's the psychological difference and the physical difference. Now, we all have our favorite kind of things in life, don't we? So some people are Apple, some people are Android. Uh, some people drive cars and they like to have the indicator stock on the left-hand side. Other people will drive cars and it'll be on the right-hand side. And we all know what it's like when we get into a higher car. We're unfamiliar with it. We go to indicate at the first junction and the wipers come on. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of uh, physical aspects combined with the sort of psychological level. So if you've been flying a Boeing product for a period of time, and either through choice or through necessity. So choice is you've realized that there's a better aeroplane to fly because <laughs> Boeing's nearly made you deaf. Um, so you're going to preserve that last bit of hearing by going and sitting on a nice, quiet, comfortable flight deck, the Airbus. Or it may be that your airline has seen the light and decided to get rid of those 737s and go for something more modern. Or it just I, I, I'm beginning mean... to notice a bit of a theme here, Al, I've got to be honest. <laughs> or it may be that uh, you've come from a, a Boeing 747 and due to your position in the seniority table at your airline, you now find yourself uh, flying the Airbus. So you've got to sort of kind of break away from that. It's very hard if people have hard set ideas about what they're about to do. So it's like anything else. Uh, if you, you know, take it into the, the classroom or the simulator, kicking and screaming, saying, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here, it's going to be a hard transition. Now, undoubtedly, the operating philosophy of Boeing and Airbus are fundamentally different. So what you have to do is you have to go in with an open mind and just start from, from the beginning, if you like. It's, it's like if you were trying to use an Android phone, having used iPhone. There's no point trying to say, well, this is how I would do it on the iPhone. So I'm going to try and do it this way on the Android. You've just got to totally separate the two and just look at how I do it on, on the Android. And, that, and that's, that's kind of where we are with the sort of Boeing to Airbus transition. Uh, with regards to the transition from the control column, the yoke, if you like, to the side stick, generally that doesn't take people very long. Uh, initially, there's a tendency to over-control, uh, but that goes after a couple of hours of training. And we, we just get people to realize that the flight control computers on the Airbus are very sophisticated, so they can make a lot of corrections, so you don't need to do them. Uh, but if you try to do them at the same time as the computers are doing them, then you'll end up with effectively two lots of input, which will either cancel each other out or become additive and... Uh, will make things worse. So it's just a case of only touch the side stick when you need to. Um, we tend to tell uh, lots of guys, you know, treat the side stick as if it's covered in dog poo. So only <laughs> touch it when it's absolutely necessary. Wow. Uh, and that works quite well, actually. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we have with uh, converting Boeing guys is that they are used to trimming the aeroplane. So when we fly an aeroplane, we need to have it in trim so that we use little trim tabs on the flight control surfaces to take away the pressure that would be on the control column. It's the same on light aircraft as it is on big aircraft. Now, the key difference is that the Airbus, well, the 320 family and onwards, so the 330, 350s, the 380, will trim automatically. So it's doing it for you. Now, when we operate the 
A320, 330, 350, and 380, they have these flight control computers that apply the logic of the side stick in it in a different way. And I'm not going to go too technical because everybody will just glaze over. But basically, the, the key difference is that most of the natural aerodynamic traits of the aeroplane have been kind of taken out of the equation. So if you're on a 737 in flight and you push the throttles all the way forward, you'll get a load of thrust out of the engines. And the natural tendency is for the aeroplane to pitch up. It's you know called a uh, pitch thrust couple. So as you increase uh, thrust, the aeroplane pitches up. On the Airbus, it won't do that. The airplane will automatically trim the nose down. So what we have to do is to get guys to just kind of rethink how they do things. So where this becomes a problem is in the event of a go around. So they'll be flying in ILS, coming down three degrees, they'll reach 200 feet. They can't see the runway, they'll go around. They'll go full power, so toga power, and they are used to the nose pitching up so therefore they have to trim forward and therefore they will push forward to counteract the nose up tendency. What you don't want on the Airbus is for guys to go around and push forwards because the aeroplane will then descend at high power. Of course, yeah. Speed increasing, going faster and faster to the ground, sheep getting scared, <laughs> eyes getting bigger on the flight deck. Right. <laughs> so there are some little techniques and nuances that, that uh, make the, the training more interesting. And of course, if you're taking someone who's flown the Boeing, say, for 20 years, these kind of natural traits are quite ingrained. But once they get their head around the concept, they love it. And when you start to look, look then about, you know, the, the office environment... Uh, you sat there with a nice table to eat your dinner off. It's quiet. <laughs> You've got plenty of space. The benefits come in. A lot of the Boeing guys say that they, they kind of miss that hands-on flying feeling. Right. Which, to be honest, it's BS. Because <laughs> all you're doing on a big Boeing is flying hydraulic checks. You know, your your control column isn't linked directly to any of the control surfaces. You're moving, you know, hydraulic systems. You know, there's no cables or anything. It, it's not a pits. It's not an extra. It's not a PA-28. It's a 737 with lots of hydraulics. So it's just a, a psychological thing. And you can uh, quite happily uh, hand fly the Airbus to your heart's content and feel as connected to it as you would do any other sort of large airplane. It, it's kind of psychological. But those are some of the, the challenges that we face. In reverse then, which was your original question, taking guys off the Airbus and onto the Boeing. Well, the first thing is that they'll need a, a course of physiotherapy to be able to <laughs> shoehorn themselves into the minuscule space that has been allowed. Then they'll wonder why the windows have shrunk. Right. Uh, but once they get into it, and of course, they'll have gone deaf within minutes because, you know, even the triple seven is quite noisy up front. Uh, but all jokes aside, uh, the biggest challenge will be basically, you know, untraining the fact that the aeroplane trims for you. I know that uh, the 777 and the 7.8 have a degree of, you know, fly-by-wire. But if you take someone uh, off an Airbus and throw them into a 737, as you guys kindly did when we had the meet-up at the 737 <laughs> sim. Um, I knew that was going to come back to bite us. <laughs> yeah, um, trimming is just something that got 
designed out of you know 20th century airplanes you're having to go back and do the stuff that Orville and Wilbur did so it you know it's all very very heavy because you're battling against aerodynamics it's those sort of things really one of the the complaints that some of the Boeing guys have going on to the Airbus is the is the complexity of programming and some of the the way that the Airbus does things but a lot of the Boeing stuff is is very very simple um, because the aircraft is simple and therefore they don't have procedures because it's kind of, well, you're stuck with it, tough. So there's a lot more um, sophistication built into the Airbus products. So therefore you tend to have more sophisticated procedures, but that's only because you can fix things in flight. Whereas on a Boeing, it's kind of, right, well, I'm broke. <laughs> Do what you like, but I'm broke. <laughs> Rather than, well, this is the way to fix it. Uh, well, as always, Captain Al, perhaps slightly more biased towards the Airbus product than I was hoping, but uh, as always, a real pleasure. Thanks, Captain Al. My pleasure. Well, uh, welcome to our London studios. Uh, welcome to the A320 Lounge uh, webinar uh, tech presentation, um, obviously for the 320 series. Welcome to the A320 and 737 Lounge, bringing technical refresher courses directly to you. Using our cutting-edge broadcasting facilities, enjoy a fully interactive technical refresher course from the comfort of your own home. All of our webinars are live and you can ask your instructor a question at any point during the day. All of our instructors are highly experienced and can help you. No more expensive nights away from home, no new software required, just an internet connection. Courses are run at regular intervals, so check out A320Lounge and 737lounge.com for more details. And there we go. Thank you, Captain Al. Uh, now, hopefully we're recording a few more um, in the next couple of days uh, for the next for, for the continuation of the series. Yeah, absolutely. I believe you've got a few more surprises for me. because Generally, I don't get very much notice of what you're going to ask. So you get, you get no you get no notice at all. <laughs> we rock up and then we tell him what he's going to talk about, which is perhaps a little unfair of us. Perhaps we should correct that at some point. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't mind doing that, and I, and I think probably the majority of people who watch on a regular basis will probably realise that it's all done off the cuff with no real mm. kind of preparation. And uh, I, I think you kind of get the, you know, the the sort of like what would it be the the director's cut or the acoustic version, if you write, <laughs> rather than me reading out of manuals and giving you chapter <laughs> and verse. You just get the, you know, the the rough edges as well. So I, I think that works Indeed. quite well. Well, and if you want anything majorly technical, of course, then you want the, the legends that are uh, the A320 podcast and, of course, the 737 podcast, if you want to go into real detail. But uh, anyway. Actually, actually, uh, before, we, before we move on, Captain Nick in the chat room is just commenting on uh, Captain Al's inflating hairdo. Right. <laughs> yes. So, um, like a lot of people, I've not had the opportunity to uh, go to the hairdressers uh, for some time and uh, the, the the situation is somewhat compounded by uh, well we, should we just say that we have a pressure issue in the in the Al household at the moment so showers aren't what they could be so. <laughs> wow okay and uh, the, uh, uh, John if you could just pop up the message before um, that that you had where okay, so it's from Rupert Devere is saying that uh, uh, I, I thought he was a sales rep for Boeing there for a minute 
<laughs> no, no, not a chance. The Airbus is the infinitely superior product, uh, as you can tell by the number of sales, because the A320 is the most popular airline ever sold ever in the world ever mm. since they started making yeah. airliners. It is the most popular ever in the world. And the lovely Jen Niffer is also suggesting perhaps a slight bias there as well. <laughs> Yeah, and let's be honest, uh, and Pip will testify to this, when we go around, you know, the air shows and the bazaars and so forth, who are the most generous in their goodies? It's always Airbus, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I should have put my, my favourite cap on, my Airbus cap that we got at um, Oshkosh. Yeah. Oh, that wow. was quite a prize, that was. I like I, it. Uh, incidentally, that was purely, purely, I think... Uh, the guy gave us two Airbus hats just to make Al stop talking. Make make you go away. <laughs> like, yeah. I will give you from free, free stuff. Please leave. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, okay. Uh, there we go. Right, we, we better... So, uh, yes, bad news, Al. <laughs> it's time for Captain Al's favourite part of the show and Nev's favourite part of the show. It's, of course, time for the military news. And the first news story this week on the military segment comes to us from warbirdsnews.com. Astronaut, and it is sad news actually, astronaut Michael Collins has passed away. Michael Collins' performance, perfection and skill on Gemini 10 and Apollo 11 were vitally important to the success of both missions, said Jim Kidrick, uh, President and CEO of the San Diego Air and Space Museum. His incredibly successful career after leaving NASA as Assistant Secretary of State and later Director of the National Air and Space Museum are a credit to his accomplishments as a former experimental test pilot and NASA astronaut. Uh, the San Diego Air and Space Museum mourns the loss while remembering him fondly for his compassion and incredible achievements. Collins graduated from the United States Military Academy in 1952, choosing to enter the Air Force after graduation. An experimental test pilot at the Air Force Flight Test Center, Edwards Air Force Base, California, he tested uh, performance, stability and control characteristics of fighter jets, uh, logging over 4,200 hours of flying time. He was selected as an astronaut by NASA in October 1963. His first crew assignment was was as a backup on pi or backup pilot on the Gemini uh, six seven mission. There we go, as a pilot on the record-setting three-day Gemini six mission, launched July eighteenth, nineteen sixty-six. He accomplished a successful rendezvous after docking with a separately launched Agena target vehicle using power from Agena. He manoeuvred the Gemini craft into the new orbit and rendezvoused with a second passive satellite. Collins then made two extravehicular spacewalks. Uh, retrieving a micrometeorite detection equipment experiment from the Agena. And as a pilot on the epic Apollo 11 first lunar landing uh, mission, Collins remained in lunar orbit while Neil Armstrong and Edward Aldrin walked the moon's surface. 
and the perfection and skill with which he performed this mission, recovering the eagle and returning the orbiter to Earth, were vital to the success of the mission. After leaving NASA, um, Colonel Collins served as Assistant Secretary of State for Public Affairs from June 1970 till 1971. He then became Director of the Air, uh, the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., guiding the prestigious uh, institution through the planning and construction of its fabulous new facilities. So there's one for all our space lovers in the uh, chat room. I know uh, Laura was in there earlier, I think, actually. She's a big lover of all things space. And Pip, I think you have a uh, a, a fondness for uh, space exploration. Yeah, very much. Uh, very sad. He's one of the, uh, one of the greats. And, of course, uh, myself, Al, and a few others... Uh, had the very great privilege uh, a couple of years ago of attending a live event with uh, Michael Collins at Oshkosh. You remember, Al? We I do the, indeed. Uh, I was thinking the, about the, it. Yeah, the Theatre in the Trees is a lovely um, outdoor venue at Oshkosh where they give aviation-related talks. And we were lucky enough to go and hear it was Michael Collins. And I apologise, I forget who the other guy was, one of the flight directors from the Apollo mission. Uh, and even at his advanced age then, I mean, he's well into his... Uh, you know, 90s or late 80s, certainly a couple of years ago, he spoke. Uh, it was a fascinating man to listen to. He spoke very well. Uh, it was very entertaining, uh, very informative. And it was, a, a yeah, an honour to see him in the flesh, as it were. Very sad. Definitely. Yeah, definitely if I remember gone. rightly, that they had some, uh, was it um, some uh, forgotten footage of the uh, mm. moon landings or some uh, renovated footage anyway? And he was talking through that. Yeah. And uh, what I really, because I'm not super into to space in the same way as you are, uh, but he cracked some amazing jokes. And uh, He was he fascinating, was... wasn't he? A yeah. real raconteur. Brilliant. And I had had a couple of beers. No. Was a little bit no. But actually, do you remember, Al? I mean, that, that theatre in the woods, how many people were there? Maybe... I don't know, a thousand perhaps. Oh, yeah. wow. But they, yeah. they, they, they played the footage of the, you know, live real-time footage of, of the moon landings. And you remember the crowd reaction, uh, you know, when they touched down and the eagle has landed and one yeah. oh, small step yeah. The crowd went wild. Like it was really there, you know, not happened 60-odd yeah. years ago. It was, it was there as if it was happening at that moment. It was uh, quite an occasion. It must have been very nice to. It must have been lovely from your uh, perspective as well, Pip. I mean, because that that is, you know, now now the sad news, obviously, that he's passed away. I mean, that must be a, a real memory that you can treasure, actually, because um, you'll ne you know, you'll never get the opportunity to experience something like that again. No, a once in a lifetime event. I mean, it would have been absolutely thrilling to to meet him, you know, face to face oh, and shake course, his yeah. hand. But um, I, you know, I mean, it was, it was really great to be as close as we were. The opportunity to have taken him to a pub or a bar and got a few beers in him and got some real stories because <laughs> yeah. he was that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, I almost got the impression that you know he might have said, that, "Well, there was a split second where I thought I'd leave him behind." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I reckon he probably would have accepted and had quite a nice time as well if we'd just three of us gone down the pub and yeah and uh, told told stories about flying yeah i bet great i bet uh, what do, do, do you know what he did sort of was he always associated with sort of space travel after that or, i mean did he have a a, a sort of a, a, a further career after that do you know uh do you know i don't know 
Okay. I, don't know. I mean, it's certainly he, that he's always been in some way associated with NASA and, yeah. and um, PR. Uh, whether yeah. he did other things, I, I'm not 100. I'd sure. imagine you make a reasonable living as an after dinner speaker if you've you know, yeah. true, done true that, that sort of yeah. gig. Yeah. To true. be honest, yeah. yeah. But uh, there are very few, I suppose, of the uh, original Apollo yeah. people left. I mean, you know, any Buzz Aldrin, obviously from Apollo 11, a uh, few of the ground staff and flight directors, but uh, yeah. you know, a, a dying, shrinking generation. Indeed. I think what we'll do is uh, we'll link uh, the talk that Pip and Al went to in the show notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, lovely idea. Yeah, yeah let's do oh, it's that. It's on YouTube, yeah. is it? Yeah, it's on YouTube, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun. the whole yeah. thing's oh, on YouTube. brilliant. I'd oh, love to fun. go back and watch that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you'll find them in the show notes, Pip. So. Oh, well, <laughs> how about that? Fantastic. <laughs> so you could, yeah, you could as in, I say, I, yeah. I'd had a couple of beers, so I maybe don't yeah. remember it with 100% clarity. Indeed, but I mean, what a lovely moment also to be able to sort of, you know, it's like like anything like that, where you watch something back and you think, yeah, I, I, I saw this man do this speech, this talk yeah. live. I mean, that's yeah. That's... I mean, it was great, great for me. I'm sure he was does these talks every other yeah, oh, yeah. other yeah. week. You know, he was very generous with his time for sure. But mm. uh, yeah, it was lovely for us to be there. Indeed, I have to say, even as a non-space junkie, it was. Uh... Uh, really good to watch, and uh, like like we've said, you know, uh, a, a real raconteur, you know, uh, and uh, a, a very good uh, person to have on stage talking about it, uh, and bet. it was entertaining. I bet. Mm. Uh, I think Mars Hyde had posted that um, in the chat room there that I think he was saying that Buzz Aldrin is is ninety one now, ninety one years old. Yeah, yeah, he's getting on. He um, there's a nice video somewhere of Buzz Aldrin not that long ago, within the last few years, mm. of uh, of him punching someone. <laughs> One of these what? people. I'm sure he gets them every day. This guy came up and was prodding him, saying, "Come on, admit it. It was all faked. It was all faked." Uh, much to his credit, uh, Buzz's response was to deck him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Good on him. sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, here's an interest. Here's- yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Oh, no, John is saying that we can link that video as well. If anybody's, uh, you know, in any doubt or whatever, then you can see that. I mean, it's, I, 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 I suspect that particular encounter generated an awful lot of paperwork. Uh, well, <laughs> if I remember correctly, there was, I think there was a policeman present who oh, boy. testified that he didn't see a thing. Right, good. <laughs> Lovely, I love it. Yeah, other than the... What I was very... going to say was that, um, you know, it's quite interesting to look back at this because obviously... You know, in in the burgeoning you know space exploration, there were obviously some question marks as to what sort of uh, stresses and strain it would put on the human body. Would True, you know, yeah. would the exposure to radiation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, shorten anyone's life? Uh, and yet, you know, all of these Apollo guys seem to. Well, I don't know all, but a lot of them seem to have lived quite long lives. Yeah, so, um, true. Uh, probably not too much to fear if we're going to go into space in the future. I mean, I. Just- I, uh, Mike, Micah is apparently saying in the chat room there that I believe uh, that uh, I believe that Jim Lovell, Frank Borman, and Bill a, uh, Anders are still alive, which is great. That is incredible, isn't it? As you say, although as you say, there's sort of these these long lives and things that you perhaps um, perhaps there's an argument that it's a positive uh, impact on your. Uh... Well, yeah, perhaps instead of going off to uh, you know yoga tr- retreats or you know health right. spas, we'll just shoot off to to the moon for you know twenty four hours. Can I, be, and... can I be brutally honest here? I I can't imagine you ever attending a yoga retreat. You'd be right, but I've read about them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, he retreats from yoga. Is that right, the same thing? Okay, yes. It's just that you know I've got this image of of Al doing a downward dog type sort of thing, and it's 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 haunting me. I'll be honest. 
a downward dog is that when there isn't a toilet nearby no, and you've had a curry no, no, and no. it's desperate, desperate, <laughs> <No>, desperate. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that'll teach me, won't it? Uh, Carlos, please dig us out of this hole. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just wa- I'm just watching the, uh, the carnage yeah. of um, of uh, Buzz Aldrin punching that guy. Oh, you are you're, and, you're watching it live. Lovely. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, 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 to draw it to a conclusion, uh, yeah. once this podcast is done, I'm going to, and I hope you'll all join me, go and have a, a little beer and, and, and raise a glass Absolutely. to uh, yeah. Michael Collins. Great idea. Yeah, here, here. Cheers. So, Cheers, Alan everyone. Pip, you've got... Uh, the, not not the, now, Pip. Store. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. Not yet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> a bit too keen to have a beer. Sorry. <laughs> Sort of walking, seeing run off camera. Uh, right, okay. Uh, who, who's t- are you both going to take this story? Or I'm a bit nervous about this. We, we could we could take a word each, or we could read it simultaneously. <laughs> can we do a word each because simultaneously could could be tricky, couldn't it? You're going to go first. <laughs> no, go on. You read it, Al. Navy. <laughs> Wings. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Fury. T twenty. Registration Golf Romeo November Hotel Foxtrot. Which is Golf Rhino <laughs> Numpty Hippopotamus Flibber. Right. Uh, Armando, I'm so sorry. Uh... <laughs> also known as Victor X Ray 281. Oh, just read it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Any complaint I'm emails sent to yes. uh, was forced to conduct an emergency landing in a field close to Royal Naval Air Station Yeovilton earlier this week following a problem with the engine. Both pilots escaped injury, but unfortunately the aircraft has been severely damaged. I don't know, have you got v- pictures of this that has happened? I have, yes, background? absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, uh, unfortunately very badly damaged. Uh, the Sea Fury, which was on a routine training flight, suffered a, signic- no, a significant drop in engine oil pressure shortly after taking off and climbing away from the airfield. The pilots, both highly experienced former naval pilots, immediately carried out the appropriate drills and transmitted a pan call. Maybe they listened to the Plane Safety podcast where we talked about the merits of turning back or just landing straight ahead. Maybe yeah, well, someone must have listened. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, it was them. They turned back and lined themselves up perfectly for a precautionary landing on runway 04. However, shortly before reaching the runway on close final, the engine stopped changing the speed and angle of glide of the approach dramatically. And they were forced to put the aircraft straight down in a field just outside the airfield boundary. The pilot's skillful execution of an extremely hazardous situation was exemplary, said Commodore Jock Alexander, CEO of the charity. We're extremely relieved that they are safe and well. RNAS Yeovilton Air Traffic Control reacted immediately and the emergency fire and medical services were very quickly on the scene. The support of the air station has been outstanding. The aircraft wings and engine detached during the impact and the fuselage rolled upside down, but both pilots were able to escape unaided. They were taken to Yeovil Hospital as a precautionary measure and one was retained overnight for observation. The Air Accident Investigation Branch and the Civil Aviation Authority have been informed and investigations have begun into the causes of the accident. The charity's chief engineer, Jim Norris, said, Great skill and calm was shown by everyone in the post-crash management team. We are grateful for the overwhelming support we have received. The aircraft will be recovered to the Navy Wings Heritage Hangar for the investigation. 
I mean, it's um, as you say, it, it's it's a testament to their skill, isn't it? I suppose because this could so easily have been a totally different um, outcome, couldn't it? I mean, you know, they, they they're not um, as uh, perhaps they haven't got quite the amount of safety features that some of the newer aircraft have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it's uh, it, it's incredible. I, I can't when you look at the. Uh, the state of that, obviously, we'll have the links in the show notes for anybody who hasn't seen these pictures already. Uh, but the, the, I mean, the state of the aircraft is significant. I, I think, I think the sad thing is, is that we had this a few weeks ago on a story, didn't we? Where the amount of effort these guys put into restore, uh, restoring these aircraft and yeah. getting them flying again, and then in in just one instant, that's that's, that's it. All, all that work's gone. gone. Yeah, all gone. Indeed, mm. indeed. There we go. But uh, so yes, our thanks. Uh, uh, sent in by Jonathan Warner, that one that was sent in to us by the WhatsApp number, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. That's plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Podcast at plaintalkinguk.com is also the email address. Uh, you'll find us on social media by searching for uh, Plain Talking UK. As I say, that story was sent to us by Jonathan Warner, but also uh, uh, Alan, um, I think, uh, Nev, uh, sent some additional information along with that story, didn't he? Yes, he, he sent me a, a WhatsApp saying that uh, uh, they are. He's heard that they have known for uh, an oil starvation issue uh, at, oh. transi- and at transition to zero G. Apparently, the engine died, and whilst avoiding houses, struck a telegraph pole and crashed in a nearby field, breaking into three pieces. Obviously, the, the two pilots were were, were fine. Yeah. But it's the same airframe that had an engine failure and crash landing a few years ago at an RAS uh, Coldrose air show. Uh, she'd recently been returned from the engine restorers who are based in Essex and uh, insured for around about a million pounds. Uh, unknown as yet that if it will cover any potential return to flight. Mm. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, there's uh, there's it's a real shame, isn't it? When it you've is. got restoration like that going on and yeah. uh, this, this happens. But uh, so sad, isn't it? Really? There we are. Yeah. But Nev, you've got a special treat for us, haven't you, uh, to finish the military segment this week? Well, you know, normally when uh, someone talks to me about military and they give me the opportunity to talk about something, um, obviously I'm not very good at identifying military aircraft. So, you know, I can I can identify 32 Squadron out of Northolt, you know, the, the BAE-146s, and I can identify the uh, Voyager coming out of Bryce Norton, the A330-based aircraft. Uh, but one of my uh, colleagues, one of our listeners actually, Luke, uh, who is an industry colleague of mine, uh, said, do you fancy meeting up for a bacon sandwich and a coffee? and we couldn't work out where to meet up. He lives not far from Solent Airport on the south coast of England and uh, he uh, is currently doing some uh, his PPL on a Cirrus. Oh, wow. Uh, which is very nice and actually the weather behaved itself as well on uh, Tuesday when I went down there, which was great. Um, and uh, they do have... Uh, as part of the collection of aircraft down there, a Spitfire. So I was able to immediately identify this aircraft. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get any fl- uh, pictures of it uh, taking off because uh, they took off in the other direction. Oh, listen, listen to that. It's got a very s- certain sound, which is a bit unmistakable. And, uh, but uh, the, it's a two-seat Spitfire, and they actually use it for um, all sorts of... Uh, pleasure flights and you can book yourself on a Spitfire if you want to if you've got the money to do it Uh, but uh, before we talk about that more importantly just to the right of uh, where the Spitfire is is the new cafe and of course Al and Pip knows that uh, the most important thing about 
cafes is the quality of the bacon, of the bacon roll rolls, yes. and the coffee or the tea. And I'm going to say that, that was a, easily an eight and a half out of ten for the bacon roll. So Luke, Luke and I... Pre-COVID, I've actually, uh, I, I would agree with you, because I've been to that very cafe. Oh, okay. Okay. Can, we, yeah. can we just have a brief moment? Lee Davis is asking for a brief moment of silence uh, to enjoy. Uh, in fact, he says he's in the chat room, shush, let the Merlin talk for a minute. Here we Sorry. go. Sorry. It's a beautiful engine noise, isn't it? Oh, man, it's cool. Okay, yes, uh, it is lovely, but it's, it, it is, you know... So how much does that go, Nev? Uh, well, uh, that's a very good value, actually. Uh, so if you want to part with £2,750, uh, you can go up in it uh, for 30 minutes. Um, that, that does include VAT, though. So that's, Oh, that's good news, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, which airfield was this again? Um, that's at Leon Sonant yeah, Airport, or as it's called... Uh, can I borrow 2700 yeah. quid from the joint account? There you go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she didn't even um, think about it. It was a, a resounding no. Uh, yeah, so you, you didn't. You didn't hear that, did you? you do a thirty-minute mm. Spitfire flight to the Needles. Um, yeah. uh, if you want to do a forty-five-minute one, that's three thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds. That'll take you around the Isle of Wight. Uh, a fifty-five-minute one around the Isle of Wight will be four thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds. And if you've got ten grand to spare, you can splash it out on a fifty-five-minute Spitfire formation flight uh, with two two-seat Spitfires. Can we sell um, your car? Uh, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, actually, it might mm. just about do it. Might it? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, but, I think. Um, I think her answer would be to sell your van, Carlos. So be a little careful where you go oh, with that. Yeah. She said yeah. she did reply, but it's probably not advisable. It's not to suitable for her on air. No. Okay. Uh, actually, while we're talking about airfields, uh, there while, while we've been on air. Um, um, uh, Alex Robinson, who's in the chat room at the moment, and is quite often uh, there. He sent us a little, uh, an amazing video. Uh, now, um, you guys were having a chat trying to identify which airfield this was, weren't you? This is uh, uh, this is the uh, a video. So this is a company. Uh, Alex, do feel free to drop some commentary in the, uh, the in the chat room here, and we'll we'll add it. So it's. Uh, I mean, look at this. What a beautiful day he chose to. Wow! So this is let's a, have a competition. Who can who can guess the airfield the nearest? Yeah, I mean Alex knows the answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, he can't guess. He's also put the answer in the chat room, so that's spot that one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, Echo Golf Bravo Oscar. Do you right? <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. Uh, so this is yeah. So this is this is a, a company called um, Northwest Aerobatics uh, that Alex went to for this experience, and. Um, I mean, that's just. I mean, come back on the gas a bit. this is incredible. This, uh, this is just like. Wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> maybe I should have proof-checked that before. Before, but uh, yeah, an absolutely incredible uh, bit of uh, video footage there, and it's, it's just there's. Uh, I'm gonna spool through. Uh, Carlos, just talk talk amongst yourselves for a second while I just quickly appreciate where we need to sort of try and describe this a bit better as we're. I was just um, gonna say in, in that particular uh, cockpit of that aircraft, it does get rather warm. It's a bit like um, um, the aircraft i had a trip up with with dan at seething yeah a lot of lot of sort of glass above your head and it does so, sorry carlos i missed it what what's the aircraft type i think it's an extra i might be wrong i'm guessing it's an extra yeah yeah, yeah. no here we go look at this Whoa, oh my goodness me here we go 
Oh wow! So uh, what we're listening to here, so Alex is sort of basically say very kindly said this. He's literally doing a uh, is it loop de loop the correct? Is that, there's a technical term? Am I using the wrong word? Gone upside down. Gone. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's the north. Uh, what was that? Sorry, it's Northwest Aerobatics, based and it's out an of Barcelona. Extra two hundred. Extra two hundred. Oh, okay. Oh, it's an extra 200 GT. Yeah, yeah. wow. An amazing... Uh, I mean, what an experience, uh, Alex. I mean, that is just... Uh, I won't play I won't play too much more of that because one of the things that were, he did also say well, is... Like, oh, there you there. go. There you go. Well, that's it. That's what you were saying. Like, if you do little flips and stuff, I will... Yeah, let him do one more of those. And then it's just, but, I mean, wow. This is such a cool thing. We'll have to sort of see if um, there's some way of... Uh, yeah, that's um, amazing. So yes, North Northwest Northwest we're, we're Aerobatics. About to is... say you're going to have to see if there's some way that we can speak to Northwest Aerobatics so that you can have a go. At oh doing this. my yes. god, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I cannot think of anything worse. I, I thought no. it was on the tip of your tongue, just waiting <laughs> no. to come out. Absolutely not. No, that is not at all. No, that's. <laughs> Yeah, as a special treat to all of my listeners next week, Matt will be jumping, not just jumping out of a parachute plane, but he'll always be be aerobatic flying. No, and John, if you edit that in any way so that I say what you want it to say, absolutely, that'll be the end. Uh, Okay, right. That's that's, that's, uh, John and Nev's homework. Miles High is saying, how can we donate to make that happen? It won't happen, Miles. It will not happen. It's a bit like a conversation we were having last week, I think, involving skydiving. It will not happen. Go fund me. No! No, don't get... Anyway, time to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of the show. I'm going home. Oh, that's it. The chat room is... No! No, absolutely not. No, I will... No, I'll throw up. It's not... Matt, 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 remember what we discussed the other week. We discussed nothing. all All you need to do is just drink that pint of milk that we'll give you. And everything will be fine. <laughs> Two hundred. Well, that's easy. <laughs> no, it's not. That. Yes. <laughs> you know, John's just give, said something in my ear here that's in the chat room, and I'm not reading it out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it out loud. Right. Okay. Sounds like no, Lee, no, Lee Dav- Micah. Lee Davies no. is, is going to donate a thousand pounds. No, he's not. Way. No, 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 no. Absolutely. See, Je- Jennifer's Jennifer's on my side. You see, Jennifer's saying that I'm with you, Matt. Fun to watch, but not something I want to do. Absolutely. And no, Micah, it doesn't sound like the 400th will be in Wolverhampton. Absolutely not. I, can- I cannot think of anything worse. Can we move on, please? Now I'm feeling very uncomfortable and nervous. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Something. Uh- Go fling me, and well, uh, that yeah, that sounds yeah. No, moving on. <laughs> go fling me is what Richard Adams is saying in the chat room. Uh, so instead of go fund um, me, obviously instead. Uh, so please, we'll obviously put the links to the go fund me no! in the show notes. <laughs> no, uh, for this episode. Uh, you can. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll, no. we'll even we'll even we'll even bring out the big guns for Matt's uh, special jump. No, and no. Uh, Nev will be filming it in no. 4K. <laughs> yeah. No. No, well, I was just thinking that we, we could make it sort of like a, no, we couldn't. a triple deluxe, couldn't we? Because um, I used to be quite friendly with Vic, Vic Norman's uh, daughter. Now, Vic Norman is one of the guys who uh, has the aircraft that you can do the wing walking on. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. So if we could get Vic and his team... Have I done something wrong to you, Al? <laughs> <Aerobatics> <laughs> Have I wronged people? you in some way? <laughs> 
I, I, Matt, I think you would look terrific in those uh, skin tight leotards up on top of the wing. Neil Lamour <laughs> makes a good point. He's I would pay good be money the first, for that. The first aircraft that will ever be trailing brown smoke. Quite, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Oh, right, okay. Anyway, it's time to wrap up, boys and girls. Uh, that's at the okay. end of the show. So uh, We're all after, done here. We're going after home. After Matt drinks his pint no. of uh, milk, no. uh, don't forget to check our social media links out. So look for us on, if you don't already follow us on Facebook. Where there absolutely Twitter. categorically will be no videos and... of me windwalking. There'll be no <laughs> videos of me being thrown out of an aircraft and there'll be no videos of me doing what Alex has just very kindly sent us in the video doing loop-de-loops in the blooming air alright Facebook, Instagram, Twitter search for us Plain Talking UK don't forget as well to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel if you don't already do that we would love to have you as a subscriber, that WhatsApp number if you want to send Matt your well wishes it's no. plus four, <laughs> seven five seven five seven Two two four nine one six 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 seven, and you can also email the show if you want to send Matt your uh, joyous emails. You can send them to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Don't forget our website, all the w's dot You can find all the links on there to the store where you can treat yourself to a I jumped out of a plane t-shirt. No, no. And, uh, <laughs> and also a PTK mug to have your drink in as well, or your pint of milk if you want. Uh, you can also click on the Amazon link and do your shopping via Amazon on our website. Uh, which helps us with a little referral fee, which is always nice. And also on uh, our, our, Facebook, our uh, website is the Patreon links as well. If you want to become a patron of the show, uh, the links are on there. Or you can make a small donation if you'd like via PayPal on our website. And Patreon subscribers do get the special before the wing walk and after the wing walk video <laughs> interviews. Yes. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They absolutely do not. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Big thanks to uh, big thanks to those who have subscribed uh, subscribed to the show during this live show, and also a big thanks as well to uh, one of the listeners who's also become a patron of the show. So thanks to you, and you know who you are. You are in the chat room. Absolutely. So and if you're you new listeners, you. don't worry. Pip and I aren't here on a regular basis. We don't routinely wreck the show, and most shows are quite normal and civilized. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. Mm, indeed, uh, guys. Uh, how if if there are people who are living under a rock or something, how on earth do they go about listening to the fabulous podcast that is the Plane Safety Podcast? Well, step one is we produce a podcast, right? Once a year, and that's kind of where we fall over. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I, I admire the honesty. It's a, it's a, yeah. a semi-monthly affair, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> right. Sort of by six monthly. Right, okay. Um, but the good news is, is every single one that is ever produced uh, never has any technical faux pas. It's always individual, unique feedback at all times uh, and is just absolutely fabulous. Uh, it yeah. really is. Well, uh, Plane Safety Podcast episode uh, 397 will be out three in the coming weeks. 397. Um, yeah, if people want to find it, it's uh, Plane Safety Podcast. Uh, what is it, Al? <laughs> uh, plane, plane safety podcast. Don't panic. It'll all oh, be in the show something. notes, people. It'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. Don't worry. You normally plane read safety. this out. Planesafetypodcast.com. It. That's got to be it, hasn't it? It is plane, to look it, it is plane safety podcast. Plane safety podcast. It's fine. Of course, yes. if you want to send us a WhatsApp, it's uh, plus four four 
<laughs> there you go. It's on the screen. You can read it out. Look, there you go. Plus four four seven zero seven. No, seven, never mind. <laughs> Plus 447572249166. There we go. See, look, I've made special graphics and everything. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, come Rob, on. Actually, just quick one in the chat room. Rupert Debert has just had a quick reminder for all our military aviation fans, because there are some in there, uh, that Strike Warrior 21, one of the largest military exercises of its kind in Europe, is running from the 8th of May to the May the 20th. A total of 150 aircraft will be operating in and around the UK. Oh, wow. So there we go. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I really hope it. that's his real name. Rupert yeah. de Bear. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, there's all our social media links. Don't forget to check us out on there. So, we're going to quick round robin of what everyone's doing. We're going to start with Matt this week. So, Matt, what's going on in the world of Smith next week? Um... Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> nothing. I'm guessing nothing. Then. No, not really. No, okay. no, nothing of any note. It's Bank Holiday um, Monday. That's the highlight. That's about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm on the radio on Sunday. If anybody wants to give me a listen, two till five uh, on Park Radio. Ask your smart speaker for Park Radio Dis. Uh, actually, no, don't ask that because I discovered that doesn't work. You have to ask for Park Radio and uh, you will be able to listen to me uh, uh, two till five. And in fact, this week uh, it uh, is with the legend that is Armando. I've uh, got a little, special little interview that I did with him talking about his time at Milton Hall and, uh, uh, you know, his love of, of the local area that is the Waveney Valley, which is uh, where the radio station goes out. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, on, uh, that's uh, two till five. It'll, uh, for those who just want to jo join in for that, but that'll be happening at three o'clock, uh, just after the news at three o'clock. So there you go. Looking forward to that as always this week, Matt. Yeah. So uh, and do feel free to, WhatsApp number, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Feel Feel free to send in some music requests as well please because uh, i have to pick all the music that goes in that three hours Avia of aviation theme song right the okay yeah theme theme but i can't just all be frank sinatra carlos we've spoken about okay. this before top gun <laughs> top gun okay nev what's going on in the world of bounds next week well it's the bank holiday here in the uk on monday i think the weather's going to be absolute rubbish of course judging by with the forecast uh, but i should be doing another run up to the northwest of England next week, uh, visiting places as far afield as Chester and Blackburn. So I should be giving Captain Al a toot on my way up the M6. Again. Oh, very good. Uh, Captain Al, what's going on in the world of Al next week? Well, rather interestingly, tomorrow I'm taking a test flight in the uh, Piper Arrow that's just had its uh, engine overhauled <laughs> by the same people who did the Sea Fury overhaul. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh well, it's been it's been lovely knowing you. Uh... <laughs> so uh, let let let's see how that pans out. Good, lovely, right? Uh, uh, updates well, ho here. Hopefully, there won't be any pans. No, no, no quite. Or mayday. Very good. Very good. It yes. is. No, I'm wow. sure it'll be absolutely fine. No, we've. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's time to bring the the aeroplane back from its overhaul back to Liverpool tomorrow. Oh, fantastic! So, uh, lovely. And uh, and you have that exciting job, yeah. Uh, yes, so uh, I think uh, three hours in the car and then about half an hour to get it back. G genuinely, though, what is the um, w w when it's just had a major service like that? I mean, how does it feel when you get sort of behind the controls when it's sort of freshly um, out of the shop almost? Well, it'll be interesting to see because it's obviously been sat for a little while as well with the mm. pandemic. Um, so the general recommendation with regards to how you treat an aircraft engine that's just been overhauled 
is fly it like you stole it. So right. it really needs to be uh, driven quite hard. So basically, uh, blast around the sky at full power. Right. There are various technical reasons for it. Um, but basically, it's uh, to, to get everything nicely up to temperature uh, so you can get a good life out of it. So okay. uh, I, I will be uh, uh, treating it quite firmly tomorrow. OK, putting it putting it through its paces, shall we yes. say? Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Pip? What are you up to? Oh, um, all sorts of things going on. I've still got a house that's in pieces. I've got a, a half-shaved cat to deal with. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. What? Half-shaved <laughs> cat. Our, our, our kitten. Uh, well, not quite so much a kitten anymore, but um, we think she got hit by a car last week, so she had a, oh, a no. broken pelvis. Oh, yeah, no, so she had to have an operation and had it all pinned back together. So she's taking up a bit of time because she's very grumpy at the moment. Fair enough. Stuck in a cage. Yeah. Uh, and we've got this house extension, which is almost finished, but the house is just a tip. Wow. It's, okay. uh, it's quite stressful. And uh, yeah, and then back at work on, on Wednesday for more fun and games. Anywhere exotic? Who knows? Okay, good. Lovely. Oh, okay. Carlos, what are you up to? <laughs> Splendid. Okay. Uh, now we've got about 30 seconds before we need to. Yeah. To, uh, 30 John, seconds what are you next week? Oh, really? Lovely. Good. Brilliant. Lovely. Okay, okay quick. Yeah, wrap up. Right. Say goodbye, no, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for joining us in the live chat room tonight. Great to see you in there. Big thanks to all the guests tonight and the hosts. And a big thanks as well, not forgetting John, our producer, for doing all the pre-show work. So that's it, guys. Have a great bank holiday weekend if you're in the UK. Stay safe. Enjoy your Sunday roasts. And we'll see you next Friday. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.